how we start every episode it's how we get fired up it's how we get ready to go because we are back with another predictions episode podcast session of the we know baseball show my name is ryan welcome everybody to episode 47 47 of the we know baseball podcast part of the we know ball media collection media group baseball specific show at ryan knows ball that's my handle on Twitter at We Know Ball Sports, Instagram and TikTok. YouTube's going off. Check us out at We Know Ball. Uh, everything and anything you want, ball related, it's there. Baseball related, oh boy, is it there? Oh boy, we've got it all, and we're going over predictions. We have most recently dropped our predictions. In the American League, starting with the American League East, moving over to the American League Central, we gave our top finishers, division winners, and where each team will end up, fifth, fourth, third, second, and first. The point is, we're making our predictions, and it's the point in the year where you can actually do that and talk about real baseball, real results, real things that are actually going to happen on the baseball field. Now, it is a little bit difficult because there are some very, very, very notable players that have yet to sign with a specific team. Players like Blake Snell, J.D. Martinez, Matt Chapman. More recently, Cody Bellinger signed with the Cubs settles up with that team helps out in some ways, but like if Blake Snell signs somewhere, right. And in today's episode, one of the teams we talk about, it's going to change the prediction. So that's the chance you take, but ultimately I'm willing to take that chance to provide you guys with my predictions. And honestly, one guy and one player Snell, JD Martinez, Chapman, like that. I mean, yeah, you know, maybe Snell adds two, three, maybe four wins to like a team's overall record. But those other two guys, it's not like, they're going to transform a franchise, right? Go All good players, all exciting. But it's not going to affect our predictions today. And as I mentioned before, if you guys haven't gone and check out, checked out our previous episode, episode 46, if I'm not mistaken. <sighs> yeah, episode 46. American League East covered. American League Central covered. If you guys listen to the We Know Baseball show during the regular season, you know we do Standings updates every single episode. Go in, check the standings. Where's everybody at? How many games back? Blah, blah, blah. And when we read off those standings, the way we do it, the order that we do it is the American League first, and we go from the East to the West. So we go American League East, American League Central, American League West, over to the National League, National League East, National League Central, National League West. That's exactly the order we're doing these predictions as well. We're banging out two categories or divisions per team. And the reason I say categories and sorry not per team two divisions or categories per episode and the reason i say categories is because last episode we went two divisions today 
we're doing a division and awards. Both in the American League, finishing off the divisions with the AL West today, and then transitioning over to the American League Awards. We've got Manager of the Year. We've got Rookie of the Year. We've got Cy Young. And we've got MVP. In each of those categories, I've got a dark horse, I've got an easy choice, and I've got my pick for who I think is going to win each one of those awards. Got my reasoning, got my explanation. Everything and anything that you want or need to know about the AL West today and American League Awards season, we've got you covered. That's what today's episode is. So, you know, without further ado, don't need to sugarcoat it. Don't need to do anything else. We're going to dive straight into it. And we're going to start with our 2024 predictions for the American League West. I would say an interesting division, and it certainly is. But it's top heavy, and the gap in the American League West from the top two, two and a half teams to the bottom is bad. Everybody knows the Oakland A's, not a great franchise, but the disparity between them and what they have going on as an organization compared to the top of this division, it is crazy. Mariners, Angels, Rangers, Astros, and Oakland A's. Where do they stand? How do they finish? What is their record? And where do I have them? I've got it covered. I've got it all right now. Here we go. American League West predictions. In fifth place, I've got the Oakland A's. Nobody's surprised by this. 2023 for the Oakland A's was a bad year. 2024 is going to be a bad year. The Oakland A's are a bad, bad, bad baseball team. And they're going to be a bad baseball team until ownership changes. Because the current ownership of the Oakland A's will not commit to spending any amount of money no matter what ever at any moment operating on a for-profit only basis and until that changes the A's will always be a fifth place American League West team rumors speculation A's are going to Vegas now they're not going to Vegas but they still are but the Las Vegas mayor is telling the A's and the city of Oakland to get it figured out. The owner of the Oakland A's wants to move so bad. And I think it'll happen. It may be a few years, but the time between now and then, who knows how long it's going to take. It may be two years. It may be four years. It may be six, seven, eight years. And in that time frame, every year we're going to do our predictions. And every year we're going to have the Oakland A's finishing in last place. Every year, every single year. Because even if they do end up with good players, they will trade them. And even if they do have talented players, they do not have the development skills in place in the organization from a coaching or analytics perspective to allow these guys to succeed. And when it comes down to it, the A's are a bad team. They're going to be a bad team. It's a dumpster fire organization. And you do have to feel for some of the players, some of the guys that have signed with that team, uh, being that 
some of them are young some of them just want a chance to extend their career and that's kind of the the exact or the entire uh summary of the Oakland A's roster last year they went 50 and 112 50 and 112 this upcoming season their projected win total is 57 and a half their world series odds are plus 50,000 so you can bet 100 bucks on the Oakland A's to win the world series right now and if they do you win $50,000 won't happen don't do it if you bet money on the Oakland A's to win the world series before you do, stop what you're doing. Remember that I said this. And instead of putting that bet down and placing the wager, just call me or text me and send me that money because I could put it to better use for anything than betting on the Oakland A's to win it all. Players to watch for the Oakland A's this upcoming season, I will say. Mason Miller, starting pitcher, righty, and the guy throws a trillion miles an hour. He's really, really good. Uh high ceiling guy needs to stay on the mound and stay healthy but mason miller is going to be one of the bright points of the oakland A's this year if they have any another guy to watch jacob wilson a shortstop at a grand canyon um jack wilson's son shortstop eta next season but who knows could happen the a's are known for young controllable talent and calling guys up probably a little bit too quickly to some degree He's a top prospect for them. So if you see Jacob Wilson in the big leagues this year, remember that I brought up his name and that he's a pretty good shortstop prospect for them. And uh, more than likely, he probably won't end up finishing his career with the Oakland A's or the athletics organization because if he becomes a good player, they'll just trade him away for more prospect capital. Uh, my prediction for them is exactly on the Vegas number, 57 and 105. Fifth place, horrible season, going to be a disaster. Historically low attendance numbers. Uh, nobody's going to care about this team. It's going to be an ugly year and rinse and repeat again, 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 over and over. That was the story five years ago and then four years ago and then three years ago and then two years ago and then last year and this year and it will be next year and the year after that and the year after that and the year after that. It sucks really bad for Oakland A's fans. If I was an Oakland A's fan, I, I, I mean, I guess I would hang around with the team and hope the best but I would also try to pick another team for personal reasons, for connectivity reasons. Like, Oh, I knew this guy from, I went to college in the area. I don't know what, like find something, find something or somebody else to root for. If you're an A's fan, uh, cause the A's aren't going to be it this year. It's going to be a really, really bad and ugly season. Sorry. A's fans blame anybody. If you're going to blame anybody, it's the A's owner, John Fisher, uh, Oakland A's fifth place. Fourth place in the American League Western Division, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. The Anaheim Angels, right? Let's just call them that. No, the Los Angeles. No, if you've been to California, you know Anaheim is nowhere close to the downtown Los Angeles area, but they're the Los Angeles Angels, I guess. Last season, 73 and 89. That was with Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. This season, their projected win total, 72 and a half. Lower than last year, which is not entirely surprising because they lost the best player in the world, Shohei Otani. Their World Series odds are plus 18,000. Bet 100, win 18 grand if they win the World Series. And um, some players to watch for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. 
one of them is a younger prospect controllable guy, right? And falls stereotypically into the category of players to watch. Cause you're like, Oh, who is this guy? I don't know. Whatever. Not known yet. Not established. Right. Nolan Chanel, first base prospect, high prospect for them. Going to be in the big leagues this year has some pop, good potential. You know, we'll see, we'll see. But ultimately, uh, you know, is he going to be a huge difference maker? I, I, I don't know. Right. I, I don't know. Um, it's going to be an interesting year for the angels in general, because my other player listed as a player to watch is Michael Nelson trout, Mike trout. How, what, why would, what, what do you mean? Watch player to watch Mike trout, Uh, player to watch Mike trout in parentheses next to his name. I put trade because Mike trout's a loyal guy. Mike trout signed a big contract with the, uh, the angels franchise. He's been there for a while. He's been asked about his future with the organization. And he's answered questions in the right way. He's answered them in the politically correct way. And he has said pretty much the right thing most of the time. But anybody that knows anything about anybody or anything would tell you Mike Trout probably doesn't want to be there much longer. Right? He's got his contract. I'm not sure the entire, uh, in fact, why don't we look it up? Mike Trout contract, right? So Trout is under contract for this season and through the year 2030. So 2024, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30. So he's under contract for seven more years. It was a 12-year deal, $426 million. He's getting $35 million a year. He'll be an unrestricted free agent by after his age 38 season. I don't know if he'll get traded. I doubt it'll happen. I'm not sure anybody wants to take on that contract. And I'm not saying my Trout's a bad player. Because he's not. But it's a lot of money, right? $35 million a year every single year for the next seven years. It's hard to it's hard to commit that much to anybody. So for Trout, you know, is he going to be there at the end of that contract? I would argue no, right? It's probably more likely he gets traded in this second to last or last year of that contract if he's still highly productive. He has had some chronic health issues. It's part of it listing Mike Trout as a player to watch because of that trade value and the way that the organization's trending. The other part of it is I had a hard time finding somebody else on this roster or uh, in the farm system to list off as a player to watch, especially somebody that's as of the caliber of Mike Trout. So I have Mike Trout listed as a player to watch in terms of a trade. You may see some random like momentum starting to build in that direction. And if that's the case, somebody may pull the trigger at the end of the year or in the trade deadline. Probably won't, but who knows, right? Player to watch regardless. My prediction for them is 77 and 85. Their win total is 72 and a half. I think they're going to be a little better than that, but 77 and 85 is good enough for fourth place in this division. It's not good uh, because the Angels are not good. Uh, but, you know, 
it's not the worst, but it's basically just another year of Mike Trout's career wasted and down the toilet and another year where he doesn't play in the playoffs. In that realm of him getting traded, don't rule out the possibility of Mike Trout getting traded and and in that negotiation process, potentially restructuring his contract. I know it would be hard to say like, oh, um, pay me less, but they could restructure it where it's like, oh, he's getting the same amount, but now it's deferred, right? So a team could get him and not have to break the bank and get smashed with the luxury tax uh, situation of that $37 million a year. Because his best buddy and old teammate, Shohei Otani, just did that with the Dodgers. So don't rule it out for Trout. Will it happen? Probably not. But I had him listed as a player to watch. So I got the Angels in fourth, 77 and 85 in 2024. My next team, my next prediction and pick in the American League Western Division, the third place finisher, Seattle Mariners. The Seattle Mariners in third place. Oh no. Oh no. Oh yeah. Third place. Am I doing this out of spite? Maybe. Maybe. What I do know is that their man, uh, their general manager, uh, came out this off season. Actually, was it their GM or is it Depoto, president of baseball ops? Okay, so Jerry Depoto, president of baseball ops, right? Let's probably you know has a not probably has a massive say in roster construction was on the record basically this off season and after the uh, disappointing sort of finish to the Mariners season last year. So on record basically saying like, yeah, well based on projections and you know, uh, all these different data points and um, just the, like uh, the references that we have and the way this, this roster is constructed um, you know, our aggregate number of all these different things we're trying to get to 87, 86 to 88 wins every single year. And if we can get to that number, I think our fan base should be pretty appreciative, basically. And it's like, what? Huh? What are you talking about? What? The goal should be to win the World Series every year. The goal should be to win 100 games every year. So... It's obvious and clear at this point what the Mariners, how you know how the Mariners are operating as an organization. Last year they went eighty-eight and seventy-four. This year their projected win total is eighty-six and a half. World Series odds are plus two thousand, just pretty good. I mean, better than most, right? Projected wins is a couple of wins below last season. They have some guys coming back this year, some guys that could potentially bounce back. They also made some pretty decent acquisitions, one of which is listed under my group of players to watch. And that player, that first player in players to watch is Mitch Garver, catcher. They signed in free agency, coming from the World Series champion, Texas Rangers, interdivision acquisition, not a trade, just signed him. Uh, and I thought it was a great pickup. I was a little bit, just a little bit confused about adding him when you already have Cal Raleigh. And I know you have to have multiple catchers, but to have two like kind of top 
10, eight to 10 catchers in the game is an interesting strategy. Now, does that mean, you know, probably more likely than not one guy will DH a lot or the other guy will DH and they'll switch off, right? Give each other a good break, build some depth at the catching position. If they have other guys, if one of them goes down, you have another reliable catcher to go to like, yeah, okay. All of that makes sense. It was just a little bit confusing. Doesn't matter because it's a good acquisition. I just hope Mitch Garver can play as much as he deserves to play and get regular at bats. Because when that dude plays and gets regular at bats and he's in the lineup every single day, he puts up numbers, offensive numbers. And last year with the Texas Rangers, it was a very similar situation. He's like almost kind of splitting reps, DHing a decent amount. He's used to it. It's a similar situation with the Rangers. It was Jonah Heim, younger switch hitting catcher, right? Pretty similar situation with the Mariners. And I like the acquisition. I just hope Garver can get regular at bats, which I think he will. And in that case, it's a good acquisition. And my second player to watch listed, it's not a player like one off. It's not one guy. I have the second player to watch listed for the Mariners as insane depth because the Mariners have insane depth. And that doesn't mean they have a full one through nine all-star team. But what that does mean is that the Mariners have listed here on their active 40 man, or yeah, I think it's just their 40 man roster. I count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight influence, uh, infielders rather eight infielders listed on their 40 man roster. And when I say eight, I don't mean like, Oh, they have eight guys listed eight random dudes listed no it's eight mlb caliber starting infielders listed in their active 40-man roster i already mentioned mitch garver a catcher garver going over the catcher category garver cal raleigh sebi zavala big league catcher has a lot of time under his belt and blake hunt who i'm not entirely familiar with looks like he's a bit of a younger guy having not as much experience, but that's four guys who could realistically end up playing catcher for them this year. Mention the infielders. J.P. Crawford, Ty France, Sam Haggerty, Jorge Polanco, Luke Rayleigh, Josh Rojas, Samad Taylor, and Luis Arias. I apologize to Samad Taylor if I'm not familiar with his game as much. But looking at that list of eight infielders, it would appear to me based on name recognition and age and all these different categories that you could throw these guys under. I would say Samad Taylor is the only guy of those eight where I'm like, is he is he an infielder? Is he not like uh, is he big league caliber rather? I don't know. I think he has some time in the big leagues, but the other seven guys have and are established big league infielders jp crawford ty france sam haggerty jorge polanco luke rayleigh josh rojas luis urias all of those guys have been starting big league infielders for forever forever how do they have seven guys that could play infield it's crazy depth their outfield, 
Mitch Haniger acquisition, Julio Rodriguez in center, and then a mix or combination of Cade Marlowe, Dylan Moore, Taylor Trammell, Dominic Canzone. It's, inc- it's insane. Their depth is crazy. Does that mean they're all all-star caliber players? I don't know. I guess we'll see. I guess Jerry Depoto, and that's the strategy, right, of these guys, and they want the aggregate number to be at a certain point, and this and that, money ball, blah, blah, money, money, you know, like data, analytics, all this stuff. Okay, sure, got it. 88 and 74 last year, 86.5 is their projected win total for this season. That being said, I've got them at 86 and 76, third place in the American League West. And you'll notice I don't have them listed as the wildcard three team. I already gave that to the Blue Jays, who have the identical record, but ultimately take home the tiebreaker in whatever category. And that's the Mariners missing the playoffs. I think what the Mariners are lacking is the star power. I don't mean this as a disrespectful piece or take on this team. And I think the best way to put this is if you took each player on the Mariners roster, let's just say from position player perspective, because they've got some good arms, Luis Castillo, Logan Gilbert, you know, they're, they got good arms. Forget about pitching for a second. Just talking about the offensive structure of this team. If you were to take each one of those guys I've listed off, on the offensive side of the ball. And let's say you put them in MLB, the show, the video game, and you rated each one of those guys like they do in MLB, the show from zero to a hundred. Most of those guys with their overall rating would be somewhere in the seventies, low to mid seventies. Maybe a couple guys in the high 80s and one or two guys in like the 80s. But there's nobody in there where you're like, oh, he's a diamond. He's a 95 plus player. He's a 90 plus player. Maybe Julio? Maybe? But after that, it's it's a bunch of mid mid-range guys. No disrespect. They're all big league caliber. Some of them have had some high peaks. But in my opinion, you can't just assemble a roster, a hodgepodge of middle tier guys and assume because you have depth that that's going to lead you to the promised land. You have to have a couple of big horses to carry the offensive weight. And they're basically counting on Julio Rodriguez and Mitch Garver with bounce back years from JP and Ty France. And I just don't think that's enough. I think that's enough to win 86 games. That's not enough to get into the playoffs. Sorry, Mariners fans. I like the Mariners. I hope the Mariners do well, but that's kind of where I am with this team right now. Very similar kind of outfit, out, output and production from last year. Good pitching falls up, comes up short when it comes time for, for offensive production. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I've got the Mariners in third, 86 and 76. Second place, Houston Astros. Second place, Astros. That's right, baby. The second place, Houston Astros. Last year, they went 90 and 72. They had an identical record to the Texas Rangers. They ended up taking home the American League West crown 
based on the tiebreaker. And they had a good year. Dusty Baker retired. I think that will have been, uh, more of an impact than people think. 90 and 72 last season. Their win total projection this year is 93 and a half. So up a couple games, which is interesting. Their World Series odds are seven to one. Seven to one. Bet a hundred bucks, win seven hundred if they win the World Series. It's actually not a bad bet. I mean, not like maybe you don't have to do a hundred dollars, but I'm just saying taking the Astros to win it all. It's a decent future to have. The players I have to watch for them. Everyone knows Altuve. Everyone knows Jose Abreu, Kyle Tucker, Alex Bregman, uh, Verlander, Fromber. Like everyone knows the guys. I've got two guys down here that I think everyone needs to keep an eye on. First one is Forrest Whitley. If you remember Forrest Whitley, man, a couple years back, big time prospect big time arm that the astros were really excited about tall lean power sinker power four seam good breaking stuff and has just been absolutely hammered by the injury bug the type of guy who like gets surgery it's season ending okay great we'll see you next year comes back has a setback here, has a setback there, finally gets back to a regimen, finally gets back to semi-regular action with rehab and another season. And like, it just, it, it's been a tough run for Forrest Whitley. That being said, if at any moment, at any point this season, he's up again and they can recapture the electricity and hype that was around this kid and the production that they were expecting from him, he could be one of those guys, man, that just turns out to be a star for the Houston Astros. This year would be closer to the back end of the rotation, but just staying healthy, if he can manage to do that, would find himself as, as the frontline guy for the Astros next year, year after. So keep an eye on Forrest Whitley. This year, probably more so just to track where he is. Find out if he can be anywhere near the guy they hoped he was going to be at some point. If he is great. I hope he is. Cause he was always a high prospect projection guy. And it just hasn't quite fully hooked on and grabbed yet. So let's hope it does for Forrest Whitley. The other guy I have listed for the Astros and players to watch Trey cabbage. Who the hell is Trey cabbage? I'll tell you who Trey cabbage is. Left-handed hitting first baseman who made his major league debut last year for the Anaheim Angels. Louis, sorry, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, whatever. Trey Cabbage gets called up, put up some pretty good numbers, was always going to be both his time in the minor leagues when he was and the time he spent in the big leagues, which was a short, brief amount of time. He's a swing and miss guy. He doesn't make contact as often as people would hope or like to. The thing with Trey Cabbage is when he does make contact, when he finds a barrel, this dude has video game pop. Video game pop. This dude has exit velos that are astronomically high and semi-regular in terms of uh, consistency and when they show up, right? Because every once in a while, you'll see anybody 
pop a 110 XFE low, 112. This new Trey Cabot just like, it's like, if it's under 105, you should be concerned. Seriously concerned. If the Astros can polish him up and get that swing and miss rate down a little bit, this dude's going to be in their lineup in October. Not a joke. Keep an eye out for Trey Cabbage. Seriously. Set, uh, 90 and 72 last year for the Astros. 93 and a half is their win total for this season. I've got them at 91 and 71. It's good enough for second place. It's a really good record. It's also good enough for the first wildcard spot in the American League. So they would be on the road playing against the Minnesota Twins based on my projections. But 91 and 71 is a good record. And they're going to be in second place. They're going to be in the playoffs. They're going to be in the hunt. You know they're going to be hanging around. But because of who they have above them in this division, it's it's only good enough for second place. Not, not to be huge, you know, big demoralizing guy because you get in the tournament, anything can happen, especially when you got the veteran leadership and experience that the Astros do. So 91 and 71, second place in the wild card for the Astros. My first place team in the AOS, defending world champion, Texas Rangers. Unbelievable. Texas Rangers. What a year, huh? Coming off a world championship, sky high, living the dream. 90 and 72 last year. Mentioned it before, tied with the Astros, lost the division on a tiebreaker and interestingly their projected win total this season is actually down a couple of games 88 and a half world series odds plus 1400 i would take that all day then again teams repeating is almost impossible but i like those world series odds if you're a futures guy plus 1400 for this team is pretty legit Players to watch, okay, could have gone the easy route and gone Seager, gone Evan Carter, gone Simeon, gone Jonah Heim, gone Leota Tavares, could have gone Scherzer, could have gone... Oh, wait, did you notice I'm listing off uh, monster after monster? This team's loaded. And the players I have to watch are none of those guys. In fact, they're both prospects. Neither of them have actually contributed to this team. First one is Wyatt Langford. Pretty obvious, though. Still pretty obvious. Outfield prospect out of Florida, big, just stacked house, outfield pop guy, powerful swing. He may be up this year because he's a guy that came out of college that had success in college, has had success in the minors already. I don't know if he'll be up this year. Kind of depends on where the uh, Rangers, I think, are as a team. Obviously, would depend on any injury bugs that come through that clubhouse. I hope I see we see him at some point, even if it's just September for a few games. Because uh, he's electric. Same story can be said about the other player I have to watch for the Rangers, which is Cole Wynn, right-handed pitching prospect, high prospect for them as well. Another guy that they could very easily just call up and mix into the rotation if a couple of guys go down, right? I mean, you've got Scherzer in there. Who knows about his health? You've got Evaldi. I'm not hoping that any of these guys get injured. I'm just basing off of what's happened in past seasons with Nathan Evaldi, with Max Scherzer. Even Dane Dunning to a degree, you know, you're not sure really what you're going to get sometimes with those guys in terms of staying healthy and just regular starts. 
So Cole Wynn could very easily see Cole Wynn this year. He's a high prospect for them, right-handed starting pitcher. Good, good, good pitcher for them that they're going to see for years to come, right? If it's not this year, he'll be up next year. He'll be contributing. Uh, Keep an eye out for him. 90 and 72, last season's record for the Rangers. This year, they're projected for 88 and a half wins. I have them at 93 and 69. A couple of games better than the Astros. That's good enough for first place in the American League West. I like this Rangers team. I think the, the leadership at the top from Bruce Bochy, even higher than that in the organization, Chris Young. These guys know how to do it. They know how to do it the right way. They know how to do it consistently. They have reliable and dependable pieces in the top two with Seager and Simeon, who, by the way, like Corey Seager might win the MVP. Guy got second place in MVP last year, and just no one talks about it. Oh, and also, by the way, when Corey Seager gets into the postseason or any crunch time game ever, he comes through. Simeon, bounce back year. I mean, I love it. I love this team. I love Evaldi when he's healthy. I love everything about these guys. I love Josh Young. I love Jonah Heim. I love Nathaniel Lowe. I love it. Let's go. Run it back, Rangers. Come on. Got you in first place. I like that. I think that's where they'll end up. And we'll see what happens. So when it's all said and done, and we finish the American League West, and we get to the final standings, this is exactly what it's going to be. We've got the Oakland A's in fifth. 57 and 105. Angels in fourth, 77 and 85. Mariners in third, 86 and 76. The Astros in second place, 91 and 71. And the defending World Series champion, Texas Rangers, taking home the American League West title, 93 and 69. Two games over the Astros. Astros get wild card one. Mariners miss the playoffs. Angels and A's, same story, different year. Up next. It's award season. It's award season. We're going to be going over some awards. American League awards. Manager of the year. Rookie of the year. Cy Young. MVP. 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 By the way, side note is MVP chance. The coolest chant in sports, maybe. Guys at the free throw line. Guys in the batter's box. MVP. I love that. 2024 predictions, American League Awards edition. Manager of the year, rookie of the year, Cy Young, MVP. Let's get straight into it. AL Manager of the Year. Manager of the Year. I got a dark horse right off the bat. Ron Washington, right? Previously was a manager in this division, gets rehired as a manager. Now of the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. I think Rod Washington is an excellent leader. I think he demands respect. He's going to get respect. And the Angels team is not that bad, right? If the Angels get into the playoffs by some miracle of God, 85 wins and they win the third wildcard spot, Rod Washington's going to get manager of the year. No question about it. His odds are plus a thousand, which I kind of like, but it's a dark horse for a reason, right? Because not really sure 
What's going to happen? But I got Ron Washington listed as a dark horse for MVP. I'm sorry, for manager of the year at plus 1,000. My safe pick is Kevin Cash. Anytime Kevin Cash doesn't win manager of the year, like last year when Brandon Hyde did, let's just go ahead and backload it and put Kevin Cash down for the next season. Because you know the Rays are going to have a bunch of nobodies. You know the Rays are going to get riddled with injuries. You know the Rays are going to have nobody at their games. They're not going to pay their team anything. And they're going to get in the playoffs. How do they do it every single year? I don't know. But when they do, it's a really easy pick, right? Safe pick. Kevin Cash, plus 900. He wasn't the betting favorite. I just think it's the safest pick if you have to take one guy. The betting favorite, believe it or not, was A.J. Hinch of the Tigers. I like Kevin Cash as the safe pick. He's not my pick personally, but the safe pick for me would be Kevin Cash of the Tampa Bay Rays at plus 900. My pick for American League Manager of the Year award is Aaron Boone. What? Aaron Boone? Yes, Aaron Boone. If the Yankees win that division, Aaron Boone will get manager of the year. If the Yankees win the AL East, it's locked up. It's Aaron Boone. Because realistically, yes, they added Juan Soto, but they lost three reliable arms in that rotation. And you know they're going to deal with injuries. Everyone deals with injuries. Not to mention, it's the Yankees, dude. It's the Yankees, a team that missed the playoffs last year, has not done anything of relative notoriety in a couple of years. I guess they've had a couple of deep playoff runs, but this is the first time in a long time where the Yankees aren't the outright favorites in their division. And if they end up taking the division over the, a team like the Orioles, Aaron Boone's going to win manager of the year. If they win 95 games this year, or more, I still think Aaron Boone gets manager of the year. I really do. And I think there's a very legitimate chance for the Yankees to do that. Just with the Soto-Judge combo, I think it'll be electric. So my pick for AL manager of the year is Aaron Boone of the New York Yankees. The Yankees. I like this pick. I like Aaron Boone as a manager. I think the Yankees might be sneaky good this year. We'll see what happens. That's my recap for manager of the year. American League rookie of the year. American League Roy. Rookie of the year, baby. Interesting category. Because you have a lot of good prospects. You have some guys that are already up. You have some guys where you don't know what you're going to get. It's kind of the story of the year. My dark horse is Colton Kowser. Dark horse rookie of the year, uh, Orioles prospect Colton Kowser. The problem, and why I think he's considered a dark horse, not just because he's got some pretty long odds, plus 3,500, but where's he going to play? He's a high prospect for the Orioles, but where's he going to play? When's he going to get called up? How many games is he going to get under his belt? If any, right? If any, honestly. He's a great player. He's already made some splashes in spring training. Where's he going to play? And how's he going to get reps over the team that's just already loaded with stars? Honestly, young stars, young controllable stars. What would be the incentive for them to call him up despite, like, if it's not an injury? Because 
they have every hole filled on that roster. So he's a dark horse, but he's a dark horse because he is a viable choice because he's a great player and he's a high prospect for them and he has potential to make an impact and get the benefit of the doubt, get some opportunities that some other guys wouldn't have, right? My safe pick is Evan Carter, plus 280, the betting favorite, was up with the Rangers last year, put on an absolute display. Uh, the guy is just an absolute stud, and he's the betting favorite for a reason, right? I think Evan Carter is legit. He's, he's going to get regular at-bats for the Rangers. He's going to have protection around him in the lineup, and when it comes down to it, that's kind of what you need, right? Because a lot of times you can have a high-ranking prospect or a high-expectations guy, but he comes up and he's immediately thrown into the fire because he's, he's relied on to be the guy. It's not the case with Evan Carter. Evan Carter is going to come up, get solid, regular, consistent at-bats. He's got his head on straight. Pressure was never too big for him at any point last year, and he's the betting favorite and the safe pick, in my opinion, for Rookie of the Year. My pick for American League Rookie of the Year is Colt Keith. Colt Keith, Tigers prospect Colt Keith. He's a high prospect for them. It's a team that is starting to enter that transitional phase of calling up their prospects, giving these guys longer looks than maybe some other teams. They've already done that and seen some success with that strategy with Riley Green, with Spencer Torkelson. Now they've got a really high-ranking prospect in Colt Keefe. Colt Keith. He was a fifth round pick in 2020. So it was like the shortened COVID draft. Didn't exactly know what they were going to get out of the guy. He's kind of been riddled with injuries so far in his professional career. And then last season, he stayed healthy. He bounced from double A to triple A. Got a full season's worth of at-bats and he went ballistic. And he had like almost 30 home runs in 30 fewer games than a full major league baseball season. He played like 130 games for them last year. Almost hit 30 jacks. He's a high-ranking prospect. He's a college draft kid. The type of profile you would expect from a guy who would come up in an organization in the right circumstances and have sustained success. He's got a great bat. He's got a great hitting tool, power and contact. He's got kind of this left-handed, Grady Sizemore shortcut, but it's effective, man. It is really effective. He's had some success, and... um I really like Cole Keith. He's also one of the guys who just signed an extension. One of those weird, like, uh, oh, you haven't played in the big leagues yet? Doesn't matter. Here's a six-year contract for $30 million. They're thinking, how can they give him the money when he hasn't played yet? But also, they clearly think enough about him that they think he's good enough to offer him a contract extension now so they don't have to pay him balloon animal numbers if he comes up and wins Rookie of the Year and then you know, dominates in the league. They, they try to save a buck, basically, uh, with this approach. So I like Colt Keith as my AL Rookie of the Year out of the Tigers uh, organization. We'll see where he's in, you know, where he ends up at the end of the year. Shoot, he, maybe he gets injured, maybe he doesn't get called up. Who knows? But I like Colt Keith as uh, my Rookie of the Year in the American League. Up next, AL Cy Young. A.L. Cy Young. Dark horse right away. Cole Raggins. Guy's a stud, man. I mean, we talked about him in our, in our projections for the uh, American League Central. 
right? And I said, if this guy plays a full season, not even a full season, if he logs 27 starts with the stuff he has, Cole Raggins will be top five Cy Young guy. Promise. Promise. He's a monster. He's got crazy IVB. He's got crazy, 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 crazy stuff. He's my dark horse, plus 2,500. Will he win it? Probably not. But I like the pick. As a dark horse, right? Safe pick, Garrett Cole. Duh. Duh. Plus 500. Guy just won it. Yankees are nasty. Garrett Cole's a stud. Safe pick. Not my pick, but safe pick for American League Cy Young. My pick for AL Cy Young, Corbin Burns, baby. Woo! I love Corbin Burns. Sorry, didn't mean to get so fired up. I love Corbin Burns. Corbin Burns has to be everybody's pick for Cy Young. He's my pick. I love Corbin Burns. Getting traded to the Orioles? The young, motivated, fired up team, fan base, organization. Oh, also, it's a contract year for Corbin Burns. Look out. Telling me this guy's not going to be motivated this year? Give me a break, dude. Corbin Burns, Cy Young, plus 1,000? Take it to the bank. Take it to the bank. Are you kidding me? Corbin Burns, AL Cy Young. Easiest pick of my life, honestly. Garrett Cole? Yeah, sure. Safe pick. But Corbin Burns? That's my pick. I love Corbin Burns. I think he's nasty. I think he has an amazing demeanor. His stuff is electric. And he goes into a team in a season where he's going to be more motivated than he ever has before. He's fired up to be in, in Baltimore. He's talked about that multiple times. Now he's the ace of the aces. This dude, I'm telling you, Corbin Burns, AL Cy Young. Take it to the direct deposit right now. I love this pick. I love Corbin Burns, AL Cy Young. 2024. Last but not least, AL MVP, MVP, MVP. Best chant in sports, in my opinion. American League MVP, a lot of guys to choose from. One of which is not Shohei Otani because he's not in the American League anymore. Uh oh. Uh oh. <sighs> Opens things up a little bit, right? Who's it going to be? What's going to happen? I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen. AL MVP, Dark Horse, Vlad Jr. 2200, pretty good odds. I heard Vlad lost some weight. I know his, he's pretty motivated this year. Uh, he's looking for some contract stuff, right? I think he had some arbitration issues with the blue jays this year he's motivated he's certainly motivated and like i said trimmed off a little bit of that excess weight i mean he was always a high prospect and a good player blue jays had a little bit of a letdown season last year vlad jr dark horse mvp candidate plus 2200 i like that pick as a dark horse i wouldn't take it to the bank for him to be the mvp but he's got the ability to do it and he's motivated. And if you combine those two factors, it's got your dark horse right there. Your safe pick is Aaron Judge, right? Safe pick, plus, 50, uh, plus 550. 
betting favorite to win MVP. Of course, he's a safe pick. If I were to be betting on MVP odds, the only hesitation would be with Judge is, is the health thing. Just coming off a of year last year, we just didn't quite stay healthy. He's always going to be a good player. And honestly, the Yankees probably only really care about him being healthy for the playoffs, right? But Aaron Judge plus 550, AL MVP, safe pick and betting favorite. Take it if you want. You know, it's pretty good. Uh, but there's a little bit more variation than that. And uh, Judge being the safe pick makes sense to me. Him being the betting favorite makes sense to me. I'm not taking him as my MVP pick, but he's the safe pick of the year in AL MVP. My pick for American League MVP, it's not the betting favorite Aaron Judge, but it's his teammate, Juan Soto. And as a Padres fan, this one hurts. It does. It hurts. It hurts because he's obviously a good player. But more so, his profile, the way he hits, the fact that he's left-handed. <laughs> dude, throw that player profile that Soto's got into Yankee Stadium for 80 games. Brother, I'm telling you now. Juan Soto might hit 50 homers this year. I'm telling you right now. Aaron Judge and Juan Soto might combo for 100, 100 burger balls this year. I'm telling you. Juan Soto, the next pick on the list, the next player up on the odds tier uh, for MVP. Aaron Judge is plus 550. Second best odds are Juan Soto at plus 600. Also a contract year for Juan Soto. I mean, brother, Soto's going to go nuclear this year. He's just, he's just, he's just gonna. He's just going to. If he stays on the field, I would almost guarantee Juan Soto wins MVP. This dude is going to be flipping balls out of Yankee Stadium. Flipping balls out. I mean, he's going to, brother, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, I don't mean to get too fired up. I got to calm down. Juan Soto is going to win MVP. I mean, I just, um, I, like, I don't want to say fully guaranteed because injuries can happen. Weird fluke things can happen. But I'm telling you, man, he's going to get MVP and then he's going to sign a $500 million contract because uh, the hype around Soto is big. And now he goes to Yankee Stadium. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And Soto is also the type of guy, man, where he just elevates his game. He's a big moment guy, big market guy. It's going to be Juan Soto's year this year. I'd almost guarantee it. Almost. Not going to fully, but I'm almost going to guarantee it. So those are my picks. Those are my award picks. I got Aaron Boone, AO Manager of the Year. I got. Oh, Colt Keith. I say Colton Kowser, but confuse those two, right? Pretty easy to. Colton Kowser, Colt Keith. Come on, brother. Aaron Boone, AL Manager of the Year. Colt Keith, Rookie of the Year. Corbin Burns, AL Cy Young, Juan Soto, AL MVP. Those are my picks. I like all those picks a lot. Let me know what you guys think let me know 
I'm curious where people are picking. You know, it may be a little too early. And 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 honestly, like I said, injuries can happen. So we're not hoping for that. I don't think it will. You never know. But those are my picks for the American League award season. And that'll also do it for episode 47 of the We Know Baseball podcast. Hopefully you guys enjoyed, man. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the analytics, the deep dive into the AL West and the American League Awards season. Um, I think I'm pretty spot on, if I'm being honest. But I guess we'll wait and see because I'm not a fortune teller. Despite, I'm not a fortune teller and many other people, most people aren't sport fortune tellers, despite what you may see in the comments uh, of all the social media stuff that I post where, right? I mean, it's... Uh, TikToks and YouTube. Are you serious? The Rays are only going to win 82 games this year? I don't know. It's called a prediction. So don't uh, don't come after me, right? Anyways, episode 47, We Know Baseball podcast. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Be sure to check me out on Twitter, at Ryan Knows Baseball. Nope, at Ryan Knows Ball, not baseball. At Ryan Knows Ball, at We Know Ball Sports, Instagram, TikTok. YouTube, we know ball. You're listening to Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Really, 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 really appreciate it. Next episode, next predictions, going to be the National League, NL East, NL Central. Hope you guys are looking forward to it. I certainly am. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace out. Let's go.